know that someone loves you, if you feel unloved, if you feel like your life's not worth living, Jesus loves you so much that he can give you heaven for eternity and eternity of God. Is that cool? But let's get to the preaching. Can everyone, who's seen Drive a Wimpy Kid say, Zooey Mama? No one's watched it, obviously. <laughs> can everyone, if you watch Drive a Wimpy Kid, can someone say, Zooey Mama? Oh, man, we're going to have to get a little bit more excited than that. But who's seen number two, Roderick Rules? So those that have been coming to youth will know that we've been doing a bit of a series on Roderick Rules. And so we've had, um, if we're on the screen behind me, we had rule number one, don't be good at something you don't want to do. Rule number two, always lower mum and dad's expectations. And rule number three, never do something when someone else can do it for you. And so we've looked at rule one, number one, rule number two, and this week we're going to look at rule number three. And so, but then with all of that, we've also looked at Jeremiah 7.24, and it says this, God speaking, my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went backwards instead of forwards. And we believe at One Youth, this is going to be a year, and it's going to be a people, a group, where we're going to go forwards in life, not backwards, because we hear God's voice and apply that to our lives. Is that good? That's very good. And so... Uh, that's what, and so we're going to be looking at the difference between what Roderick's rules are and what the Word of God says and how that can help us go forwards, not backwards. Everyone say amen. Amen. And so quickly reviewing, rule number one, don't be good at something you don't want to do. And we looked at Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever your hand gun comes on, high five it out. Whatever your hand, everyone hand, whatever your hand finds to do, do it well. That's what we talked about. And so we represent and reflect Jesus. Are you the first one to quit and give up? and make excuses at sports, school, work. If we're doing that, we don't reflect the kingdom of heaven. We've got to do whatever a hand for us to do. We've got to do it well. Boom. Roderick, rule number two, always lower mom and dad's expectations. But the word of God says in Ephesians 6, verse 2 to 3, honor your parents and things will go well for you. And so then we looked at Genesis 9, 18 to 27. Who remembers Ham, Bacon Man? the son of, of uh, Noah, and he lowered his dad's expectations by re- revealing his nakedness. And then Noah's other sons lifted up their father's expectations, honoring him, not looking at his issue, but bringing a solution. And we can all bring the solution of Jesus to everywhere we go. Can someone, someone say, oh, I can do that? Oh, I can do that. So 1 Kings chapter 13, we're going to look at that right now. 1 Kings chapter 13. If you're looking for where 1 Kings in, 1 Kings is, if you're near 2 Samuel or 2 Kings, you'll be very close to it. So 1 Kings chapter 13, and this is what it says. This is going to be awkward, but see how we go. Oh, boom, look at that. Perfect. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel. Everyone say Bethel. Everyone say Bethel. There we go. Arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you he shall sacrifice the priests from this pagan shrine who come here to burn incense and human bones. Uh, uh, and yeah, human bones will be burned on you. The same day the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, the Lord has promised to give us this sign. This altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured on the ground. Kind of like um, the line of the witch in the wardrobe when the altar cracked. Kind of like that. When the king Jeroboam, whatever his name is, heard the man of God speaking against the altar of Beth, uh, Bethel, he pointed, uh, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. 
At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out just as the man of God had predicted in the message from the Lord. The king cried out to the man of God, Please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored and could move and move it again. Can everyone be the man of the Lord and pray for my arm? Boom. Oh, look at that healing. Good job. I'm just like the Bible. And then the king said to the man of God, come to the palace with me and have something to eat and I will give you a gift. Come on, somebody who wants a gift. I do. I'd, I'd, I'd receive that. But the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place for the Lord gave me this command. Can everyone say this? For the Lord gave me this command. If you're taking notes, write that down. For the Lord gave me this command. Now I've lost my thing. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there. You are, And do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he left Bethel and went home another way. As it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel, and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. Quick, saddle the donkey, the old man said. So they saddled the noble steed for him, and he mounted it. Then, uh, didn't anyone know something added that in there? Uh, then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. No, I cannot, he replied. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place. For the Lord gave me this command, you must not eat or drink anything while you are there, and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord, bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. So they went back together and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. Then while they were wrestling at uh, wrestling. What am I? While they were sitting, see that's when your bad reading at school can change us an assignment. And that, while they were sitting at the table, where am I on this page? Uh, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet. He cried out to the man of God from Judah, "This is what the Lord says: You have defied the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you." Can everyone say you? The Lord gave you, and you came back to this place and ate and drank where you were told not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own noble steed, donkey, for him, and the man of God started off again. But when he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. Oh, there you go. That's brutal, brutal, brutal. Who, who reckons that would be a pretty fun adventure, going eating a meal, getting a gift, and then getting eaten by a lion? Not my idea of fun, but we're going to quickly pray and I'll unpack that and how that can relate to our lives and I'll, hopefully that makes sense. So God, right now, we just thank you that um, as we sang before, we can feel you in this place. We can see your glory all around and we don't just want to live life and do church because oh, it's just we, it's, a, it's a bit of a party. But no, God, we want to have a heart transformation, a supernatural encounter. So whether we're listening on the podcast or we're in this room right now, God, we want to leave this place more like you and we want to move forwards. We don't want to go backwards. And we just thank you that your word gives us clarity and helps us live a life that is so much better than anyone else could ever live. And everyone said, Amen. 
So, Roderick's rule number three, never do something when someone else can do it for you. And so, if we've seen the movie, Greg uses Roderick's old assignment that he thought his dad wrote. And so, Roderick says, because um, Greg's talking to Simon on 100 years ago. And so then, Roderick says, I remember that assignment. Why write a new one when there's a perfectly good paper already written for you, brother? That's what he says. And then Greg contemplates. Hmm, the thing is, this is what he says. The thing was, Roderick managed to get their dad, Mr. Heffley, to write all the homework the last five years. I would never hand up a paper Roderick wrote, but my dad, that's another story. And so Greg, Bragg, Greg brags to Rowley about the tips, and Rowley says, I don't think that's a good idea at all. <laughs> and, then, and then you continue on, and, and we see that um, Greg actually gets embarrassed by the teacher in front of the whole class because he copied the assignment that Roderick actually did write. Then Roderick's like, oh, that's right. Dad started doing my assignments after that assignment. Who remembers that? It was like 100 years ago. It was like some really dumb poem. But then, so that's what Roderick's rule is. So it's a tip of being lazy, but obviously we don't believe in that. And so if you were to go to Exodus 18 and from verse 13 onwards, Moses was wearing himself out, carrying too much load. So Moses was a leader. He was in charge. And so he was just burning himself out, doing everything, setting up the nine square, setting up the wall, setting up the chairs, setting up the sign-in, setting up the, the projector. Moses was doing it all as an example. And then his father-in-law, Jethro, everyone say Jethro. Jeff, yo, Jethro. Um, and uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, basically says, don't do what others can do for you. And so he wasn't saying, Moses, be lazy, but he's saying, Moses, you're going to wear yourself out. You've got to let some others actually take some weight and grow as people. And so that's what you call good culture. Everyone say good culture. And so that's what's called good leadership. Everyone say good leadership. And so the difference is Roderick's rule is about laziness, laziness, and Jethro's advice is for longevity and building of other people. But that's not what we're looking at tonight because his rule's actually bad. And we want to see how it's actually, the Bible's different. So can everyone say two points? I was going to say this, but now I'm going to say it. I was going to say, I'm going to have preaching a bull message, but it didn't really make sense because, like, you know how bulls have, like, two points? Uh, <laughs> but that's, it, was not, it was not good. But so point number one, everyone say point one. Point someone one, point, point one. Point, point, point. And so um, never do something when someone else can do it for you. And so can I say there is too many fake Christians live like this. There's too many Christians that don't do what other people can do for them. For example, they don't let, they, they um, rather than feeding themselves spiritually, they let other people feed them spiritually. So they'll come to church, they'll come to youth and go, oh, I won't read my Bible this week, I'll just wait for church. Oh, I won't pray this week. I'll wait for church, or I'll wait for youth, or, or I won't do my devotion this week, I'll wait for the 180 at youth. And so that's someone going, they're going, I'm going to let someone else feed me spiritually rather than myself feed myself spiritually, right? And so, um, or I'll let the worship leader feed me spiritually, or I'll let Pastor Josh, Pastor Rob, but we're going to go, no, we're going to be people that feed ourselves spiritually and not let someone else do it. Hebrews 11.6 in the New King James Version says this, God rewards those who diligently seek him. So we've got to be diligently seekers of God, right? Because he will reward us. James 5.16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So I need to encourage you, be someone that prays earnestly. 
Pray daily. Pray consistently because God will do miracles in your life. And so you've got to get to that place where you go, God, I'm not going to live a life on the prayers of Sean. I'm not going to live my life on the prayers of Peter or Leanna or Claire. I'm going to be someone that prays for myself to see the breakthroughs and miracles in my life. Can everyone say amen? Amen. Joshua 1.8. So we've got to pray. Everyone say, we've got to pray. Joshua 1.8. Study this book. Talking about this. Can everyone wave their Bible? Study this book. Meditate on it day and night, and you will prosper and exceed in all you do. And so you know what? Get your Bible. I encourage you, if you're not even using it once, do it day in the morning or do it in the night. And before you even go in your Bible, grab a 180 magazine and just read that and then start going, once you do that, start reading the soul food. Once you do that, start meditating on it day and night because then you're feeding yourself and not expecting other people to feed you spiritually. As here comes a link. Everyone say link. 1 Kings 13. We saw the lesson of the young prophet. And what, what there was is, and so the young prophet had a command from God. God spoke to the young prophet, and the young prophet was told to return this, a different way and not eat or drink in the town that he was in. But what did he do? He listened to someone else who was feeding him spiritually, and it got him killed. Now, I'm not necessarily saying if you come to church and hear Pastor Rob preach, you're going to die. But what I'm saying is it's a dangerous territory when we're relying on the preacher to speak to to us spiritually. We've got to have a daily connection with God ourselves and go, God, you've spoken this to me. I'm not going to wait for a prophet to tell me how to do or or I finished school. What am I going to do now? I've got to see a prophet. No, you've got to get in your bedroom, open up your word of God, say, God, speak to me about my future. Speak to me about my what I got to do next. That's this is good preaching. I need that app going. Um, speak that. Mm. <laughs> and so, can I say you are not saved? You are not a Christian because your parents are. You are not a, a believer in God because your brothers and sisters are or your best friend is. You're a believer of God when you make the commitment to read your Bible. When you make the commitment to pray regularly and seek God and get the Him speaking to you personally and not relying on the preacher on the Sunday. And so, um, and so, yeah, do it at home. And then, um, uh, cool. And so, Daniel. Can everyone say Daniel? Daniel, as my dad says, eleven thirty-two. But the people who know their God shall be strong. Everyone go strong. Strong. Alana, you could be stronger than that. Strong. I'm going strong. Okay. And carry out great exploits. The people that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So point number one was, was have a relationship and friendship with God. However you want to say that. That's point number one. And so as it says in Daniel, when we know our God, we will do great things. Point number two is evangelism. And evangelism is a great exploit, all right? And so um, Roger's rule, never do something um, when someone else can do it for you. Too many Christians, fake Christians, leave um, uh, the, the evangelizing to another Christian. Oh, I'm not going to reach my friends. Claire can do that. Oh, I'm not going to reach my sporting team. Sean can do that. Oh, I'm not going to uh, speak about Jesus in public. Carlos can do that. But we're not a fake Christian. One Youth is a place of real Christian. Where we go, you know what? We're going to reach our friends. We're going to be the light in it, as Shanara said. We're going to be the people that bring the, the, the joy, the love into our situation. And so um, in Matthew 28, 19, it says the great suggestion. Everyone say the great suggestion. Who's heard of that in kids' church before? The great suggestion. It goes something like this. Can you put it on the screen? It goes with it. The great suggestion. Relax. Get comfortable. Who knows? A, what's the, f- the most comfortable place that someone's ever been in? 
like a bed recliner, relax, get comfortable, pull the, do- the, the quilt right up, or, or if it's middle of summer, put the fan on full, relax, get comfortable, um, uh, uh, don't move, stay where you're at, um, encourage others to make disciples, oh wait, it doesn't say that, it's the great commission, not the gr- suggestion, and it says, therefore go and make disciples of every nation, and if we continue reading, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And One Youth isn't a place of the great suggestion, we're a place of the great commission, where we go, we don't just sit and get comfortable and go, oh, I just love playing in church, I just love singing songs, I shouldn't do that voice, I just love singing songs, because yeah, I but no, no, we are on mission to reach the world for Jesus. Because as blunt as it gets, everyone get their pencil and blunt it right off. As blunt as it gets, is that if we don't reach them, they are going to hell. And I don't want to see anyone go to hell. And we've got to say, God, give us more love. Give us more perspective that we understand the ramifications of our friends. And if they bully us, well, at least we've done everything that we can to help them see what God can do for their lives. And so don't leave your unsafe friends for someone in uni. We might go, oh, well, I'm going to school. My whole class doesn't know Jesus. I'll just wait till someone in uni has the passion to do it. No, we're going to go, God, we're going to reach them in year eight. We're going to reach them in year seven. We're going to reach them in year six so that they don't stuff their life up getting pregnant before they're married. So they don't stuff their life up messing with drugs and frying their brain. We're going to reach them now so they get the kingdom of heaven within their lives that in uni, they've been a, a future prime minister. In uni, they're, they're going to be one of the best doctors we've Australia's ever seen. Come on, somebody. And so we are, when you're at school as well, don't wait for... for for you, who, who has teachers that might say God exists, but they're not a Christian? I had that at school. And you know what? I, I believe that I did my best to witness. But I encourage you, pray for your teacher daily. Pray that God help me have something so much with, of the Holy Spirit within me that they see difference. Because I believe that we can see testimonies of people having teachers come to church purely because they shone a light in that environment. And I also, also like to say this, that don't wait for the, the year below you to witness to Jesus. You be the witness. Because then you know what? When that next year witnesses, they'll be like, what the heck? I'm getting bombarded by Christian students. And because it's what God is wanting to do in their life. And I just believe that we can see schools transformed. And so... Um, as I said, we are here on mission to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's going to be a common uh, phrase around here now. I'm going to start. It's not my own, but we, our aim on earth is to plunder hell and say, no, you are coming to heaven and we're going to populate that place so the party can rage better. And so... Um, in final, as I've said before, we are not playing church. We're here to release the animals. Who knows what release the animals is? For those that don't know, back before I started leading youth, God gave me this revelation from Genesis 8, um, verses 6. So if you ever want to look at that, and it says this, God says to Noah, release the animals so they can be fruitful and multiply. And so what God's, and so if we know about the ark and all that, so that God was going to wipe out the earth. And so he brought all the animals into the ark so they could then repopulate the earth again. So what God gave me in my spirit was, Josh, one youth, the youth ministry of One Heart Church is going to be a place where he's going to bring in the young people that we can then first fill the lack at church, then fill the lack in our community. And so he's going to bring animals, he's going to bring young people in, and we're a place where we release you to be fruitful and do all the things that God wants to do for you in your life. And so that's why we're here. We're here to do the Great Commission, release the animals to be fruitful and multiply. And so 
say it to yourself, I'm an animal. Now, you're not an animal, but you are a person that's going to be fruitful and multiply. And we're here not just to play church. We're here to, to put you in the position to be fruitful and multiply. And as one heart seen for this year is to be uh, fruitful, we're going to believe for that. And um, in closing, um, Deuteronomy 22, 1-4, I'm not going to quickly um, look at it properly. Now, who wants to? Do we want to stop or do we want to quickly go into it? We'll go into it. In Deuteronomy uh, 22, 1 to 4 says this. If you see a neighbor's ox or sheep or goat wandering away, don't ignore your responsibility. Take it back to its owner. If the owner does not live nearby or you don't know who the owner is, take it to your place and keep it until the owner comes looking for it. Then you must return it. Do the same if you find your neighbor's donkey, clothing or anything else your neighbor loses. Don't ignore your responsibility. If you see your neighbor's donkey or ox has collapsed on the road, do not look the other way. Go and help your neighbor get it back on its feet. And I love it. It's there. It says, don't ignore your responsibility. Don't look the other way. And then if we've seen in Luke 15, who's heard of the story of the lost sheep? The shepherd gets, leaves a 99, gets the one and brings it back and it's party time. I want to encourage you, don't look the other way. Don't ignore your responsibility. Roderick's rule was uh, never do something when someone else can do it for you. But God's rule says is we are the ones that don't ignore our responsibility. We see the lost sheep. We see the person in our world that we can reach and believe God can be saved. Is that good? And so what we're going to do right now, the Bible says that, um, I think it's in... Uh, 